Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers. Goes by the pseudonym Bo Snurdly. It's time for the soul of excellence. He is a radio host at 77 WABC here in New York. The Rush Hour is on the air. Rush, Rush. Now here's Bo Snurdly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Welcome indeed. It is Tuesday. Tuesday on the Bo Snurdly Rush Hour means it's Mark Stein Day. If you want to be part of the program today, 800-848-WABC is your number. 800-848-9222. Mayor Eric Adams has doubled down. Mr. Adams is saying that Texas Governor Greg Abbott is targeting black mayors. And how is he doing that? Well, according to Mr. Abbott, he's sending buses of illegal immigrants only to places where black mayors run the show. You know, it wasn't that long ago, within my lifetime, in America, this story would have never been possible because there were no black mayors of major cities. Now, Mr. Adams says he sent asylum seekers to New York, black mayor to Washington, black mayor to Houston, black mayor to Los Angeles, black mayor to Denver, black mayor. He passed over thousands of cities to get there. And he's saying, oh, this isn't, I'm not accusing him of being a racist. I'm just asking you to look at the facts. In other words, he's calling him a racist without calling him a racist. Um, one of the things, oh, and, and Texas has a response. Governor Abbott said, Mayor Adams is once again spreading falsehood and outright lies. He knows full well these migrants willingly chose to go to New York City since his staff saw firsthand on their secret trip to Texas last year as migrants raised their hand to go on buses to his sanctuary city. Mayor Adams, along with Mayor Bowser, Lightfoot, Mayor Kinney, were proud to tout themselves. (gasps) as self-declared sanctuary cities until Texas began busing migrants to New York City, Washington, D.C., Chicago, Philadelphia to provide relief. Did I just see Matt? Hello, James. I've returned from my little hiatus. How are you? I'm good, Matt. We missed you, my friend. Well, I missed you guys. I missed everybody here, Deegs, especially, and you too, hearing you every day here and catching it on the, uh, you know, on the air. And man, just missed the whole crew. Actually, it's uh, 
you know, you go away for a little bit and you realize how, how great, you know, you, you have it sometimes, you know? Yeah, well, yeah. Or you can go away sometimes and realize that your life is so... <clears throat> Yeah. Well, yep. that you, yeah. Mm-hmm. But we're glad that you. We're glad to have you back, Matt. Thank you. Yes, and um, no, glad to be back, right back in the swing of things here. And um, good. Yeah, I'm gonna let you get back to it, though, James. All right? No, I want you to tell everybody that uh, how how racist it is to send illegal immigrants to New York. Well, it is very racist to send illegal immigrants to New York. There you go, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you. You got Appreciate it, baby. It. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So all this time, as I said yesterday, we're doing nothing but helping Democrats. All these Democrats proclaim themselves to be the heroes of the illegal immigrant community. And and now that they have a chance to prove it, Mayor Adams is complaining. And, of course, the thing that he's complaining about is it's racist. In a companion story, Blue States, this is from... The DailyBS.com. Blue states lost billions of dollars in revenue as Americans fled, fled to Texas and to Florida. Well, what does that mean? That means that these people that once lived in the beautiful states of New York, California, and these other blue cities run by black mayors must be racist because they left their black mayors. California, 332,000 got out. New York, Illinois, there were 105,000 people between them and $10.9 billion. Massachusetts, New Jersey, lost 4.3 and $3.8 billion. These are all billion do- billions of dollars with citizens that are fed up and have had enough. But, oh, no, no, let's just blame everything on race, shall we? Bernie Sanders, did you hear? You know, there's a writer's strike in Hollywood. Yeah, I didn't think you cared. But <laughs> there is. There's a writer's strike in Hollywood. The writers are upset. They're not making enough money with the new paradigm in Hollywood of streaming media, and they want more money and more job security. So, Bernie Sanders has declared himself in line. He's supporting the writers. But there was another story about Bernie that we didn't get to yesterday. Bernie Sanders was on with Chris Wallace. Remember him? He used to be on Fox. And Bernie Sanders says that the federal government, the Fed, should confiscate income, wealth from Americans. If you're a billionaire... You don't need the money. And the, anything above $999 million, the federal government should just take it. Just take your money. And he says they don't need. They don't need. They don't need it. He says it's not a personal attack on families like the Waltons or, or Elon Musk. It's an attack upon a system. You can have a vibrant economy without three people owning more wealth than the bottom half of American society. This says Rich Bernie. Bernie has done quite well for himself. But he's not in the billionaire status. So 
take their money, take the billions. I would hope many in this audience would not agree with that philosophy, but I am sure that there are one or two who do. Now, it is Tuesday. That means it's Mark Stein Day. We cut the monologue short so we can talk to America's undocumented anchorman, Mark Stein, the one, the only Mark Stein. We're going to do that. We're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to speak with Mark Stein. Don't go away. The Rush Hour is on the air. Attention Ditto Heads. Attention Bo Scouts. Rush. On the Red Apple Podcast Network. He's always mistakenly British. Teen Crumpets. Cheerio. But he's really a Canuck. Known on all seven continents. Oh, I know who you are. America's undocumented anchorman. He's a recording star and a TV star. Tuesdays, James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snerdly, presents Mark Stein. Indeed, he is here. The most undocumented of undocumented anchormans we have ever had the pleasure of knowing. Not a single piece of paper. Uh. Not one. (laughs) That's true. That's my recommendation to everyone. Travel light when it comes to once you're in the system, there's no end to it. Well, let's start today by talking about an ugly story, Mark, please, with uh, involving an illegal immigrant. This is the guy who's still on the loose. Apparently, the FBI can't use the same uh, uh, software or whatever they use to track down all those people on January 6th. They can't use it with this guy, Francisco Opresa Perez Torres, who was firing his weapon drunkenly. Neighbors said, please stop it waking up the kids, and so he slaughters five of them, including a nine-year-old over the weekend in Texas. Then he goes on the lam, can't find him. The White House press secretary, Karin Jean-Pierre, has said that this is the fault of Republicans because Republicans will not advance a ban on assault weapons. So it is their fault. She didn't bother to mention the guys here in the United States illegally, of course. But it's their fault because, because he used a, an AR-15-style rifle, she says. Hmm. Well, this, th- th- this is completely ridiculous, you know, and you're actually mentioning the fact that he is an illegal immigrant. Uh, I had a news bulletin, whatever it was, an, an hour or two ago. I think it was from ABC News. They reported on this story, a lot of heart-rending details. They reported Karine Jean-Pierre saying that uh, the Republicans are to blame for this. They didn't mention this guy is in the country illegally. And so this idea, I don't know what laws you're meant to pass, uh, because this guy doesn't care about the laws. That's why the most basic law of all which is that if you wish to enter a country that is not your own, you require the permission of the government to enter that country. Once you break that law, why would you pay any attention to any of the others? I mean, this is completely ridiculous. Americans are the chumps of the planet for putting up with this and for putting up with all the, oh, if only we could pass common sense gun control, you're admitting 
uh, foreign murderers to your own country, Karine Jean-Pierre. And here's the thing. Every country has a proportion of its citizens who are murderers. That's true whether you're talking about the United States, whether you're talking about Slovakia, whether you're talking about Tajikistan. No other country needs to actually import other murderers from other jurisdictions. But America uniquely... Uniquely, and as a matter of government policy, and as a matter of policy by the ruling party, and by about half of the opposition party, which doesn't dare to actually provide any opposition on this, admits people uh, having no idea who they are. You know, when I applied for uh, my green card, I had to provide uh, information on parking tickets I got in the United States. Uh, I was pulled over for doing 17 miles an hour in the city of Montpelier, Vermont, uh, where I think the speed limit was 15 miles an hour. So I was going two (laughs) miles over the speed limit and some cop pulled me over. I had to disclose that to the government of the United States before they would admit me into your fine country. That's how it goes on the northern border. On the southern border, uh, come on down. It's completely open. And and uh, this is where Trump came in uh, with the case of Kate Steinle, poor Kate Steinle in San Francisco. And here we are eight years after the case of Kate Steinle, and it's still... I mean, the details of this story are horrifying. The mothers lying on the bodies of two of their children, trying to shield them from what is, in fact, an execution-style killing by a guy who's killed before. And the sentimental pap about immigration that Democrats peddle, oh, nation of immigrants, give us your poor, your tired, your huddled masses. Well, in the midst of all the poor, tired, huddled masses are lurking people who kill Americans. And uh, and the, no nation can, t- can continue with this policy for long and remain a nation. It's not just that this guy was an illegal immigrant. He's a three-time illegal immigrant. Three right. times deported. Right. And yet he's right. back again. Right. All right. So No, no, 50- and again, that's fascinating to me. Because if you go, uh, you know, our friend Tucker Carlson, for example, uh, he had a, he crossed into Canada when he was a teenager and they thought he looked uh, a bit suspicious, so they turned over the car. You have this ridiculous thing. Uh, where the more open the southern border gets, the more they harass uh, America. There's a, there were a couple of kids in New Hampshire who went up to Montreal to play in a bagpipe competition. And the United States government uh, turned over the, the because there's some uh, bagpipes for some instant uh, uh, crazy reason are regulated by uh, the uh, Department of Agriculture. I don't quite know why. I, I, I don't know. Uh, presumably somewhere somewhere in Washington, there's a guy who thinks a bagpipe is an animal. But so their bagpipes get caught. You know, don't try bringing a bagpipe across the northern border. Don't try uh, bringing Kinder Eggs, those chocolate delicacies that my kids love that are banned by the United States. But if you're on the southern border and you're a career criminal and you've been thrice deported, come on down for a fourth time and frolic and gamble wherever you want across the fruited plain. 
It's totally amazing, Mark. It is also amazing to me that we, United States government, with all of its largesse, and it is large, yeah. requires <laughs> under, <laughs> under It Joe is the Biden. largest S on the planet in that respect. <laughs> uh, absolutely huge. $50 billion Joe Biden has spent. $50 billion in consulting firms. What in the... What in the... What in the... What... What in the... Why? Why? And, and of course, a lot of these, like, booze, Hamilton, Allen, or booze, whatever it is. <laughs> hey, booze anything you want. With $50 million, <laughs> whatever booze you like, you can afford, yeah. basically. What in the world do we have... What... How is this? While they're also while they're complaining to us that on June first we're going to run out of money. Well, you're spending fifty billion dollars on consulting firms. Of yeah. course, we're going to run out of. Yeah, yeah. I love that because the, the the thing about it is, no one. If you were in Washington and you raised the subject of this fifty billion, no one would pay any attention to it because fifty billion. It's like just a rounding error. That's more than the entire budget of certain nations. It's over half uh, the entire budget of uh, New Zealand, for example, and Norway. I mean, they're first world countries in which uh, you would have, if, you, if someone said, uh, oh, wait a minute, I see you spent $50 billion uh, last month. Uh, do you mind telling me what that was for? Uh, they're old fashioned enough to ask questions like that, because it's a, it's a big amount of money in Norway and New Zealand. But here, <laughs> It doesn't. That's one. I think that's really I, I mean, I'm astonished by this. I wrote a book about how broke America was back when uh, back in the good old Obama days, when I think the federal debt was just uh, 14, 12, 14 trillion dollars, something like that. Now it's a yeah. decade later and where uh, I think officially about 34 30, trillion dollars. Yeah, about 30, 30. I thought it was 31. But yeah, I'll go with 34. Yeah. What's the difference? Yeah. 34 trillion. Yeah. Trillion. Yeah. And now we're quibbling <laughs> 31 trillion, 34 trillion as if it matters. Once <laughs> once you're floating up over really above seven, eight, nine trillion. The numbers are so big that nobody needs to do anything about them. So people people think, ah, 50 billion. Yeah, what are you making a fuss about 50? Sure, if we were any other country on the planet, 50 billion would be the budget. Not a rounding error. It would be the budget. Uh, but the bigger it gets here, uh, the more everybody in Washington makes it plain that nobody's going to do anything about it. And that's why when the dollar, when the Chinese decide and to yank the rug out from under the dollar, it is going to be an almighty crash on a scale no one has ever seen before in human history. The recklessness of this policy is incredible. And by the way, normally for 50 billion, in, even in America, if you spent 50 billion, you used to be able to get something for it. You'd say, oh, we, we seem to have spent a lot of money last year. Uh, what it, well, you know, we, uh, we, we built the Hoover Dam and the Golden Gate Bridge. Oh, oh okay, that explains it. Fifty billion for consulting. <laughs> what do you get for right. it? What does exactly. that even mean? A guy
told from you, McKinsey. We told you something. Yeah. We told you things. Yeah, a guy from McKinsey came round here and uh, we was chatted in the office for 40 minutes. And then he sent me a check for, uh, sent me an invoice for $4 billion. <laughs> There's nothing to show for it. Right. Well, and now, Mark, I uh, I really want to get your opinion on this story because I am kind of torn. There was a story in the Amazon Prime Washington Post (laughs) about the the culture war's latest casualty, high school musical. Now, I don't know a thing about musicals. (laughs) I I never liked musicals as a kid. It's like... Somebody singing and dancing, turn that crap off. Um, <laughs> and that's not fair because there are a lot of very talented people that do musicals and, and love musicals. I just, not one of them. Uh, except I do like the musicals on South Park. I will say that. Um, <laughs> but there was a story about how, how now the, the musicals are in high school are, are becoming more and more censored. They're being shut down. Uh, there was one, their, their lead example, in Ohio's Cardinal Local School. Somebody liked some of the features of a musical they wanted to put on. Uh, the Spelling Bee included a song about erections, the appearance of Christ, and that one character has two fathers. Mm-hmm. Some of the other ones that are mentioned have sort of dark themes that deal with suicide and other things. And But here's my question. Now, I do respect creativity, and I respect the fact that creativity is going to sometimes go outside of the envelopes that make people comfortable. So this kind of worries me in in a way. I understand where we're at with this with with we don't want children being groomed by 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 school teachers and and by the the school establishment. But I mean come on there was a story a few weeks ago I don't know how fair it was that uh, that a t- that a principal was was bounced out because of a statue of uh, uh, my, the Michelangelo statue of David <laughs> that 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 some parents said, "Oh, this is too much. We yeah. see his we see his dangly, and yeah. you're not, and this is just too yeah. much for." Are we? Where's your take on all of this stuff? Well, I think it's slightly different with musicals because I take your point that you know, like you're a big butch uh, passing for heterosexual male, and you don't want Thank to be you. associated with an art form that is notoriously camp. Now, what has <laughs> happened? What has <clears throat> happened is that you, what they're doing in these schools is all these um, new musicals, recent musicals with LGBT quirky characters. In other words. Somebody somewhere thought, uh, you know, musicals aren't quite gay enough, so let's make them even gayer. And the thing about high school musicals, the only thing they have going for them is that if you go along to a high school musical, there's going to be some guy like you in it. Because it's school. So they're going to make, oh, yeah, the captain of the football team, he's, uh, you know, he's playing the lead in South Pacific or whatever for, for this year's musical. That's the only reason to, to, to see it, is that uh, regular guys, everybody in the school, uh, it, it, it's, it's a musical in which everyone uh, can uh, take part. And so what they do, my, my kid, who wasn't the greatest song and dance man on earth, my youngest kid, um, he used, you know, he he quite liked being in in school musicals. He was, 
you know, relatively merely semi-incompetent in Bye Bye Birdie, you know, doing put on a happy face and all that kind of thing. And then he gets to high school, and instead of just doing regular shows like uh, Bye Bye Birdie or West Side Story or whatever, uh, suddenly they're doing, what was it? Uh, I think it was, he was... Uh, uh, it was Stephen Sondheim, Into the Woods, which is like a show, which is a show that uh, only people who really, 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 really like the particular aesthetic of musicals that you loathe, James, would ever do. And he said to me, they all sound, you know, they, they sound like they're having a hernia when they're singing these songs. He didn't want any part of it. The point of school musicals is you get to go, oh, look, it's some nice little camp musical comedy from the 1920s. And what do you know? Snurdly's in the lead, having to prance around and looking incredibly unhappy about it. That's the point of school musicals. So why they've wrecked the whole form by getting these uh, new shows into it. I tell you what, I, I, you know, you just triggered me. Now I know why I dislike them so much. I know, I'm not kidding. When I was in elementary school, they made us do these things, right? And so they made me, I was in the play. I was in a play, the HMS Pinafore. And I was the captain, and I had to sing. And, 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 and I sang, and you reached this high point yeah. in this, no, never, and my voice cracked, and the whole place laughed at me. And that was it for me in musicals. I was like, I will never again. I won't see one. I don't want to be in one. No, I want no. nothing to do with no, these no. things. No, we, we're doing that for the last night on the Mark Stein cruise. I'm going to find the 10 gayest Stephen Sondheim songs, and it's going to be Snurdly Sings Sondheim. We're going to release it as a concept <laughs> album. We're going to make you do it, and you're going to... Uh, the, most, the most tortured songs we can find, and you're going to be having to be up there on stage walking. Them. Well, you know what? I'm, I'm game. I'm going to try. I'm going to. I'm going to have some fun on this cruise. And I have to tell you, I have already started doing research, Mark. I know time's running short, but let me just say this: I hope that, in all seriousness, that somebody is can go through the history of some of the beautiful places that we're going. I've started to research. I'm like, well, what the hell is Montenegro? Mm. I don't know anything about Montenegro. I just remember Kuwait, Croatia from the war, and right. I don't remember anything else. And so I started reading, and these histories are amazing, this itinerary that you've picked out. No, well, I, I find that quite interesting. Uh, that, that, that's a, what people think of as a troubled part of the world, Croatia, uh, certainly, and even Montenegro, um, which is a wild mountain kingdom. Um, but it's interesting to me that in some ways, compared to the nuttiness that you get in Western Europe, and then in His Majesty's Dominions, and then in the United States, uh, Eastern Europe looks in some ways less nutso than we are these days. Well, so we're looking forward to the Mark Stein Cruise. Tell people where they can go to get more information about yeah. it, please. You can go to MarkSteinCruise.com. That's all one word, and Stein with a Y. And as I said, you won't want to miss that. Big last night gala, Snurdly Sings Sondheim. It's going to be way better than whatever your kid's doing in high school this year. And next week, Mark, we want your review of the coronation. I think it's this. <laughs> is, it this is it this week? Yeah, it's Saturday. And actually, speaking of high school musicals, there's supposedly 
the king has put together a gay commonwealth choir i don't know whether that's just a rumor or not but good <laughs> so they didn't have one of those at the last coronation oh my goodness mark stein ladies and gentlemen america's undocumented anchorman again mark stein s-t-e-y-n mark stein cruz join us we're going on the adriatic sea in july time is running out get booted now Thanks, Mark. We'll catch up with you next week. Thanks a lot, James. Amen. James Golden here. WABC, Mark Stein, every Tuesday. Make sure you're here for Mark Stein Day. We're coming back right after this. Don't go away. The legend lives on from the Chippewa on down of the big lake they call Gitchagumi. The lake, it is said, never gives up her dead when the skies of November turn gloomy. Gordon Lightfoot passed away last night. With a load of iron ore, 26,000 tons more than the Edmund Fitzgerald weighed empty. That good ship and true was a bone to be chewed when the gales of November came early. If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC. Member SIPC. This is The Rush Hour with Bose Nerdly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Leslie Sue Goldstein, May 2nd, 1946. Leslie Gore, American singer-songwriter, actress, activist. Ah, happy birthday, Leslie Gore. You know, I think... I think I read that Quincy Jones produced this single. That wouldn't surprise me. I wouldn't be surprised either. Yeah, I'm not saying that as a fact, though, mind you. But I think I read that somewhere. WABC Talk Radio 77, thank you for being here today. You know, Blue State teachers in Michigan... Union members have been ordered to stop wearing their equality badges. Mm. Their badges feature, uh, uh, featured a pride flag, a transgender flag. Everybody has flags. And the Black Lives Matter symbol. But the president of the Fenton Education Association told educators no longer stop it. Stop wearing those badges. Because parents, parents had enough, and they wanted to stop the uh, the they wanted to the union said okay we're getting too much pushback from the parents, and they and then and then of course come the complaints the parents are harassing the teachers. Yeah, mm-hmm. but anyway, right thing done. The teachers are told to stop wearing their little political insignias 
in the classroom. Okay, the First Republic Bank went bust. J.P. Morgan Chase acquired it. You know who made out like a bandit? Lois Frankel. Congresswoman Lois Frankel. Miraculously, I mean, this is just, you talk about just lucky, just lucky. Back in March, it turns out that Lois Frankel started selling her stock in the First Republic Bank. And what do you know? Lois picked up stock in J.P. Morgan Chase. So she cut her losses on the downside and increased her losses on the upside. And the old Lois says, oh, you know, I don't have anything to do with this. I have a guy. I have my guys just pick these stocks. For me. Do you believe that, by the way? How many times have we seen this? Congress people making out like bandits when the federal government is also involved in pulling the levers. It almost, you know, if you or I did that, somebody would be knocking at the door wondering how we got inside information. But it's your congresswoman, it's your Congress people. So never mind if they get rich, enrich themselves, but because it's not them, it's their guy. Their guy who's just lucky enough to sell at the right time and buy at the right time, just like the Pelosi's did with the NVIDIA stock. Kind of amazing that that stuff happens, right? Pennsylvania, we have a lot of listeners in good old Pennsylvania. I don't know how you pronounce this valley. I think it's Salcon. The Salcon Valley School District, according to a federal court, must, must, Rhonda, hold on to your seat on this one. You may want to sit down, Rhonda. Must allow after-school Satan Club. Oh, yeah, baby. The school district must allow the after-school Satan Club, which is sponsored by the Satanic Temple, to meet during the school year on previously agreed-upon dates. But the club does not have to distribute permission slips for students to take home. The ACLU of Pennsylvania filed the lawsuit on behalf of the Satanic Temple in March, arguing that the district violated the First Amendment by prohibiting the club from meeting in the schools. When confronted with the challenge to free speech, the government's first instinct must be to move forward expression rather than quash it, particularly when the content is controversial or inconvenient. Nothing less is consistent with the expressed purpose of the American government to secure the core innate rights of its people. That is what Judge Judge John M. Gallagher wrote in the ruling. Now, this is amazing to me. 
You see, you can get tossed out of school these days for calling somebody a wrong pronoun. You can get tossed out of school for all kind of things. You're not allowed. I didn't say he wrote it. I said produced, Don. I think he produced it. Um, You can get thrown out of school for all kind of things. If somebody says racist stuff, you, you know, oops, you're a racist. Let's suspend you. Get out of here. Oh, you didn't call somebody there by their right pronoun. You triggered them. They're triggered. Oh, free speech. We don't have to tell parents that their kids are changing gender. You know, that's all private information. But, but you must let Satan have a spot in the school. Because after all, that's what our Constitution calls for. Give Satan a fair shake. I wonder if any of the founders of this nation truly had this in mind when, when, they, when they wrote that. Yeah, you know, one day we're going to have some Satan people coming up in here, and we're going to say, oh, absolutely, let Satan in. Got to give Satan his fair shake in our schools. James Golden, a.k.a. Snurdy, WABC Talk Radio 77. Coming back, your call's coming up. Don't go away. This is The Rush Hour with Bo Snurdly. Rush. On the Red Apple Podcast Network. Beatles on W.A. Beatles C. 36 takes to get this one. Oh, yeah. Did they live track it, you know? I don't know whether they... I think they did live track it. I'll have to check. But I read today it was 36 takes to do this song. Wow. You know, have you have you checked out what the, what's online now with the Beatles? They have um, a lot of the a lot of the demos are now available. I haven't listened to them, but um, but yeah, I heard that. I heard that. Yeah, they some of them are. I've, I'm starting to go through that. It is a they have such a long catalog, but some of the demos are amazing. They're totally amazing. I heard um I heard from um I'm not the biggest rush band but I heard um a rush fan tell me that they have archives archives of just jam sessions that they never released that are somewhere and it, they're just so good you know like they're they're just there are these bands that exist that you, you they're just good there's no explanation for it you know right and you know what I'm yeah so it's fun now because a lot of the record labels are starting to release a lot of the material that was just held in the vaults that was never released, or the bands or groups are actually releasing them themselves. Let's get to the telephones. Don in Colorado Springs, how are you? I'm doing great, Bo. I hope you're doing great. I was going to say that uh, Quincy Jones didn't write It's My Party, but he produced the single as well as uh, most of Lindsay's albums during 
her peak. And at the time, Quincy Jones was VP at Mercury Records. Uh-huh. Okay. From- yeah, that's what I, I read. He put down, I didn't say he wrote it. I said I heard he produced it. But I did not know that he was the uh, VP at Mercury back then. Yeah. So, wow. Man, what a, what a career he has. Yep. I talked to I talked to a friend of mine, by the way, today, talking about uh, uh, stuff. And I mentioned that story that came out this week that Smokey Robinson, in an interview, admitted that he was boinking Diana Ross back when he was married, and they were they had their little fling. And my friend, who has deep deep connections into Motown, was appalled that that he would have let that come out in an interview. So. Uh, the more we live, the more we learn. Oh, good stuff here. Okay, thank you so much for the call. Appreciate it. Let us go to George in New Jersey. George, how are you? I'm good. How are you, uh, Mr. Snurley? I'm good, thank you. Okay, yes, I was just calling about this school in Pennsylvania. <clears throat> it's the club. They're running a club with a pagan, preaching pagan. <laughs> Not are pagan, they, it's they, Satan. Oh, no, not pag- Satan. It's the Satan club they have to let in. Not pagan. Satan. Okay. Well, okay. I'm sorry about that. Mm-hmm. Well, I was just wondering if they're also allowing a Jesus club and a God club. Oh. Now, you know what? I don't know. That's the interesting question. I wonder if some parents, in response to the ACLU successfully suing to get Satan in the school, what they think if, if all of a sudden we get asked for Jesus or anyone in the school. Jesus, Buddha, what would, it, what would it be like if you actually asked for that in the school? Would the ACLU be anxious to take that up? But nope, that's in Pennsylvania, Satan Club in school. Thank you so much for the call, George. Mike in Oceanside, how are you? Hello, Mike. Going once, going twice. Manuela in New Windsor. How are you, Manuela? Hi, Mr. Golden. How are you? Good, thank you. How are you doing? I'm well. I love your show. Um, I listen to all of you guys on ABC. And this morning I was listening to Sid, and he brought up the Eric Adams thing. Mm-hmm. And because he had him on the phone, and I caught that direct quote that he made when I was like, how could he say this on like on a public channel? So patently false, like just it screamed false. And then I looked online because I was so incensed, like how irresponsible our leaders would make these anecdotal statements. <clears throat> and he backed it with no, with no data. And so I just like a quick Google search, you know, because he said something to the effect of 108,000 cities in in America, and you know, Governor Abbott picks four with black mayors, and I was just like, and I know you probably were already done with this topic, but I looked at the data and I was like, okay, I had no idea there's 108,000 cities in America. I was like, really? Well, there's actually like 19,000 villages, towns, and cities, and. 15,000 are under 5,000 people. So how can you spend, like, where are you going to spend the giant population of migrants? Well, there's 11 sanctuary cities. We've been sending to at least half of those. Like, when you look at the problem, 
Oh, we're losing your phone line. What a good call. I'm sorry we couldn't hear it all. What do Democrats do when they can't do anything else? What do they do when they have no facts? Of course, they raise their hand and they cry racist, 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 bigot, homophobe, homophobe, transphobe, racist, racist, transphobe, homophobe, bigot, xenophobe, xenophobe. That's what they do. It's their playbook. No one takes Mayor Adams seriously, except his acolytes. This call that it's racist. Hey, you asked to be mayor. Deal with it. And stop blaming race every time something. Oh, we got to go. May God bless and protect each and every single one of you and your family and your loved ones. Love, gratitude to you for being here. Thank you. We so appreciate it. God willing, here tomorrow, 4 p.m. for Boston Early's Rush Hour. See you then. Bye.